Of the Sayos podcast. Joining us today is Chloe Ferronzo, a well established clarinet player from the New Orleans jazz scene. Hi, Chloe, and welcome to the podcast. First, we'd like to ask you how would you describe your sound? I would describe my sound as smooth and centered, slightly bright for classical and slightly dark for jazz. How is your sound different from the sound of others? What is your differentiator? I believe my sound differentiates due to the training I grew up with on clarinet. I had a lot of classical training before entering the jazz world on clarinet specifically, and I worked very, very hard to control my tone as much as possible. Um, I think my sound is a decent blend of both jazz and classical, meaning uh, it has the control of the classical sound and the looseness that jazz encourages. How does your mouthpiece help you get the result you want? What is different compared to the ones you used before? Um, I like a little resistance with my mouthpieces to help guide the tone where I like it, um, which my mouthpiece provides. It doesn't have the open, bright sound that a lot of jazz mouthpieces kind of tend to lean toward. Um, instead, it has a more darker and more centered tone. What are your main influences? And how do you move away from them to force your own sound? So, my biggest influence was my mentor, Ron Hockett. He was in the President's Own Band for a lot of his career, and then he was also in the Jim Cullum Jazz Band for a while. He too came from a classical background, and I absolutely love the way he played. He has a wonderful tone and a musical mastery of the old jazz clarinet specifically. Uh, he was truly the person that got me to play jazz clarinet. I was very reluctant in the beginning to play jazz clarinet because I know how hard it is to break out of the classical box into the jazz feel. Um, and I'm not sure how better way to describe it. It's, it's a very specific thing. And I was playing jazz on tenor saxophone already, um, but I was very, uh, I had isolated the instruments in terms of saxophone for jazz and clarinet for classical. And I knew, I knew how difficult it would be to get the feel of jazz because it's, it's hard to describe even in any terms uh, it's hard to describe how how to get people to play that way so I knew it was going to be difficult but um, he's the one who really pushed me to do it and he pushed me to explore the jazz clarinet and he said I wouldn't regret it and I really haven't it's now been my focal point of my career is definitely the clarinet more than anything Um, and as for influences, I wouldn't say breaking away is the correct term. Um, I think, uh, rather it's more gathering up all of the things that apply to what I want to do in music and continue to add them within my own ideas of improvisation or just any, any element of music, um, and any element of, of playing in general. The best influences never really go away. They are a constant guide within the world. They are a constant guide within the wild world that music is. When did you found your musical identity? I remember the day I found my sound very clearly because my mentor Ron uh, came out with a big bag of mouthpieces and a big bag of barrels and for the entire lesson we just sat down and went through each combination to see which one would be the best. 
and um, I eventually did find the, the combo that I, I enjoyed the best, and I haven't changed from it for about 13, 14 years now. And, and, and it's nice to be introducing the SYS mouthpiece into it because it feels similar to my standard mouthpiece. How do you work on your own sound, your own tone? Do you have a, a specific practice routine that, that comes back often? I don't have a specific practice routine, uh, but I will say how I work on sound in general is just long tones, long tones, long tones. I spent many years doing so many long tones to make sure that I had a good control of the instrument. Clarinet is a tricky one. It's a hard instrument to kind of tackle and to tackle properly. And it takes a lot of patience and a lot of long tones. And with long tones, you can kind of get a feel of each individual note and how they work and how they work um, with it, not only within the instrument, but with your embouchure and inside the mouth and all that things, all those things. So um, a lot of it is just doing, like I said, long tones and make, seeing how the clarinet responds to different air pressure and all that, all that good stuff. So it's, yeah, long tones, long tones are the best. <laughs> and how is your experience in the New Orleans jazz scene as a woman? Did you start Shake Him Up Jazz Band as a way to address inequality in the scene? So those two questions have been, have filled up entire podcasts, episodes. Sorry, those two questions have filled up entire podcast episodes and entire masterclasses. There's a lot to unpack there. Um, I will start with the second one first. Shake Him Up did not start as a way to address inequality. It just kind of happened organically. Uh, there was a girls' rock camp in New Orleans that was only for only for girls, and they ha they wanted a jazz band that had all women in it to come and play at their lunch hour, which was only like two or three songs. Um, and there wasn't really an all female jazz band within the scene at the moment, so we um, we got together. We had a little practice at a at a small bar ahead of time. Someone took a picture, and then just it went crazy after that. And we just, we also, we all saw, I mean, we all were on that stage and we we're just like, yeah, this is great. We really enjoyed playing together. And so we just wanted to play together as a band. And um, since then, we have had the opportunity to speak out on, you know, women inequality issues within the jazz scene, which is wonderful. And each one of us have our own stories and very similar experiences um, within the jazz world that is you know that we you know have spoken out about and have um tried to get people to you know understand what it's like to be a woman in the jazz scene and it's also just really nice to have that support network really <laughs> all of us and understand how crazy it is to be a woman in in the scene and so that that kind of ties into how's your experience in new orleans jazz scene as a woman so i wouldn't say it's new orleans specifically but to Uh, being the jazz scene as a woman, it's not for the faint of heart. There's a lot of really, um, there's a lot of situations that men in the scene don't experience like women do. And there's just, there's a lot of things to unpack and I can't really fit it into this podcast, but it's, um, it's complicated and it's been a hard road 
I've had to prove myself as a musician so many times because all people see is just a little girl, you know, especially when I was first starting out, all they saw was a little girl trying to play music. And I had to overcome a lot of that obstacles because I'm like, no, I can actually play the music, but all you're seeing is, you know, all you're seeing is a first impression. Um, and it's, it was hard, especially with older generations, it was really hard to be taken somewhat seriously. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's a bit, it's a lot to unpack there. Uh, but that being said, New Orleans as a musician is a special and a complex place. There's a bunch of different scenes within the jazz scene to navigate from the busking world to the bar world, to the private function world, to the festival world, to crew balls, you name it. And there's a lot of wonderful, um, cultural experience that is unique you know, from the rest of America. And there's a lot to kind of navigate if you're not from the local scene. You have to be very respectful. And um, as long as you are open and want to play with everybody, people are very welcoming, but also there can be a lot of territorial places as well. So you just have to be very sure to just be respectful. And um, yeah, I just, I just wanted to play with as many people as I could. So I did my best. <laughs> What lick always comes back when you're playing? Could you play it for us? So unfortunately, I don't have one specific lick that I lean on, or else I would play it. <laughs> uh, sometimes licks get recycled within soloing, but I don't really remember them until I'm actually soloing. Or, and I really don't have one specific one that I lean on. Um, it's definitely just whatever. Some like Some songs have certain licks that are fun to play on, but I don't really have one specific one at all. What advice would you give to a beginner trying to forge their own sound? Would you recommend your mouthpiece to someone starting out? So for a beginner, I would say most importantly, try not to give up. Clarinet specifically is a hard instrument. Like I said before, it's a very challenging instrument and you will sound like a goose for a lot longer than you probably want to. And there's so many keys, there's so many things involved with that instrument. And there's, you know, the different registers, the register jumps, the breaks, oh my goodness, and trying to navigate that that instrument, um, especially when improvising, because with improvising, you need to have a certain mastery and control over the instrument if you want to get all of your ideas out. And it's just, it's a long road before any of it starts to click, even for ones that pick it up quickly. So I would say just a lot of patience and a, and a lot of long tones. Long tones are your best friend for clarinet, 100%. There's so much good to be, <laughs> to be had with long tones. And like I said earlier, it just helps you get a lot of, a lot of control over the instrument and a lot of um, centered control over the instrument because then you, once you know how each note works and how each note feels, you can definitely navigate it. You can definitely navigate it a lot better. And as for my mouthpiece, I wouldn't say it's the best for a beginner. Um, like I said before, it has resistance, which as a beginner, you don't want a lot of resistance in your mouthpiece because you're just, it's already resistance enough to try and even figure out how to, how to play a wind instrument, let alone anything, <laughs> let alone the rest of it. Like it's just, you know, trying to, trying to remember how a wind instrument or trying to, you know, remember how to control your air and your embouchure and all that stuff. You don't want something fighting back with you. But 
So I would say my mouthpiece is more for intermediate to advanced people once they've gotten a little more control over their embouchures and airflow. What do you have coming up in the future? Any shows? Any albums? Um, I, you know, I'm at the moment just trying to reacclimate after all this craziness of the year. And um, I definitely plan on playing with Shake 'em Up uh, in the future, in the future at a few festivals and things. But at this moment in time, it's just uh, trying to figure out how to navigate the world again. Um, which album would you recommend, and which one is your guilty? Actually, wait, hold on. Uh, as for future stuff, I also hoping to play with my quartet as well. We might be recording another EP um, come October, but. Uh, yeah, that's about it for plans. Which album or piece of music would you recommend? And which one is your guilty pleasure? So I wouldn't say I have a specific album per se. Um, some clarinetists off the top of my head would be Peanut Tucko, uh, Jimmy Noon, Johnny Dodds, um, obviously Eddie Daniels. Um, to kind of give you a little range there. Ron Hockett, my mentor. <laughs> um, yeah, there's a whole list I have. Uh, if if anybody you know wants it, I will happily you know send out a list. But definitely not specific albums per se. Um, and my guilty pleasure. This one really isn't a guilty pleasure, but I like a lot of vocal heavy music. And one of my favorite bands is called Lake Street Dive. If you haven't checked them out, please do. They're amazing uh, for vocal harmony group, and yeah, they're absolutely lovely. So and they write all their own songs. Um, thank you so much for having me on the podcast and have a great day. So happy to be a part of the SYOS family. Thank you so much for being a part of this, Chloe. We're really glad you could take part in the podcast. And for all of you listening, we'll see you in the fourth episode.